You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer here with my co-host, Bart Kaler. And today we have a wonderful conversation about achieving alignment between marketing and enrollment. We're talking to Michael Doran. He is from X Equals. But the most important thing is that he has years experience both at working at campuses across the Northeast, and now as a vendor, as he goes in and serves these campuses and helps them with this alignment. And his opinion, his expertise, his solutions for this, I think everyone will find beneficial. Yeah, I really like uh, the conversation that we had. I mean, we talk a lot about uh, tech stacks and data and, you know, the tools that are necessary and, and some amazing tools that we talk about. I mean, the idea that you can really do some lead scoring on, on your slate data or any CRM data that you have and, and be able to kind of make some educated decisions on who to really focus your time on. Those are incredible tools. And, and, and I love what X equals does. But I think what Mike really brings to the, to the conversation, which I really want everybody to pay attention to, is how important that alignment between marketing and enrollment is how important that is to the success of the institution of achieving the goals. You can't be in two silos. You've really got to be shoulder to shoulder. And I think we do a really good job unpacking that in the conversation. I agree, Bart. And here's that conversation with Michael Doran. Michael, I know you've listened to the podcast, so you know how we like to start out each episode by asking our guests to share something that they've either read or learned recently that they feel would be interesting or fun for our listeners to hear. Yeah, great. Thanks, Troy. I appreciate it. So among uh, a lot of different interests, I'm a big social media nerd, as I think comes with the territory of working in, in ed tech. But one of the best and probably one of the brightest people out there right now for social media research is Dr. Jen Golbeck. She is the proprietor of the Golden Ratio 4 Instagram and Twitter account. Essentially, she uses her golden retrievers as a sort of way to research search social media, how people engage with it. And among a lot of her her goals with that, the biggest one is sort of how does social media and sort of positive engagement look and sort of fun, goofy things compared to maybe some things that we normally see on social media, which aren't so great. And she just recently published a paper that I've just read thoroughly, just because, I mean, who doesn't love a golden retriever? But then also <laughs> just learning a little bit more about how she sees social media trending and, and the things that are happening, like with threads taking over for Instagram, and how it's going to be more locally focused than Twitter ever has been. So it, it's just a lot of interesting, cool stuff. So for your listeners, I'd love to have them check it out. Golden Ratio. And some good, wholesome fun on social media. That's great. 
Michael, you definitely delivered there. So thank you very much. Uh, if you would, let everyone know about X Equals and your role there. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Mike Doran. I am the CRM implementation strategist at X Equals. Essentially what I do is I help data and systems talk to each other as best as possible and as efficiently as possible. Essentially X Equals is a tech stack that sits on top of your current CRM technology and will help you leverage not only your your budgets, but understand your audiences and the opportunities that are there. We work uh, very heavily in enrollment attribution. So the money that you spend, how much is it costing per prospect or per, per lead or per application? Additionally, our proprietary technology also houses uh, really awesome forms and landing pages and nurture campaigns and we have lots of cool stuff kind of coming out right now as, as features in using artificial intelligence, which is the, the hot topic right now, AI and natural uh, language processing software. So a lot of cool stuff happening at X equals. So yeah, I, hopefully that answers that question for you, Troy. It definitely answers the question. And you've agreed to come on and share some of your expertise and knowledge to our, with our listeners as we discuss the topic of breaking down information and data silos within higher ed. So when you go into a campus, I think, trying not to be Captain Obvious here, but there's a lot of scenarios whereby marketing has a lot of information and data, and uh, for good reason. And then enrollment has a lot but they don't necessarily communicate with one another. And would love for you to describe some of the scenarios that you walk into similar to that and then kind of break it down so we can then make the case of some solutions later on in our conversation. Sure, absolutely. Yes, as someone who previously worked at several institutions, both uh, large and small and flagship and otherwise, and have seen sort of the functions of enrollment and how it engages with marketing, I could tell you that there, there's so much of the similar mission shared between both departments. And that similar mission is essentially to get the, get the brand awareness or, or get the message out of the institution and both sit on really important pieces of information. For enrollment, it's focusing on moving students through the funnel. And for marketing, it's, you know, how are those students engaging with the advertisement spends as well as, you know, social media posts to news posts and those sorts of things. And, you know, what is the brand of the institution that's out there. And and uh, both of those things so easily line up, but sometimes I, I think it's hard in a, a very fast-paced environment that enrollment is. And, and that is arguably the, the kind of key factor is that uh, decisions need to ma be made so quickly and this recruitment cycle is so fast and there's always new ones if you have undergraduate and graduate and adult learners. And with all of those changes and all those different segments, and, and target audiences, it's hard to be able to not just share that data, but then also take the opportunity to sort of revamp and revitalize and change and shift with uh, new demographics for new cycles every year. Yeah, I like what you're saying there, Mike, because I, I was on a campus this week and talking to the president and, and one of the challenges he was expressing is that, you know, we're spending all this marketing money how do we know that that's the right spend to have? I want to be able to track everything that I'm doing down to the student to find out 
did that make a difference? And I had lunch today with a, another chief marketing officer and they were kind of communicating the same thing. It's like, they're really trying to kind of target their teams, kind of point their teams into whatever we're doing has to show an ROI for enrollment. Is that kind of what you're sensing as you're talking to a lot of different campuses through through your work at XSQL? Yeah, absolutely. That is the the key kind of factor, and I think it, it's it goes with you know we're spending all this money. What is that a return on investment? But it's also that return on investment of being able to track how effectively that advertisement or or that piece of marketing material that went out really influenced and affected that particular target population to enroll. And in X equals, we are looking to answer that question pretty much every day. That's pretty much what I spend my time doing. And on tools like X equals, I mean, you know, I'm going to use Slate as an example because I think a lot of people can relate to Slate. I like to kind of break it down into things that people can get because you were a Slate captain. And so I think that that makes a lot of sense to kind of, I mean, again, I'm not trying to, you know, put one product over another one, but just for, for the sake of the example. I know a lot of people are kind of like, okay, we're sending out 10,000 inquiry emails or we're sending out 10,000 postcards. Is there a way that once you're stacked on this that I can kind of start to say, here are the students that are most engaged and these are the you know top 200 that the, that the enrollment team might want to you know focus on is that part of what x equals kind of brings to the table absolutely the the largest way and like i had mentioned in the beginning we we sit as a tech stack it's an assistance um and it's a software and technology um that is meant to help kind of supplement what your crm already does so you know, for example, you might be sending out your entire nurture campaign to all of your prospective students, maybe in a search, or maybe it's a junior campaign or something for early engagement. And what X equals can do is help you kind of track through your funnel in really effective visualizations, as well as data dashboards uh, that are built in designed and constructed for you and marketing to, for our enrollment professionals and our marketing professionals uh, to be able to share and analyze not just uh, all of that, but also the other pieces that sh- we should be looking at. Your Google Analytics for your web pages, um, the uh, ping results that you might have if you're a, an a slate institution and using ping on your website. So tying in all of those data points and pulling it together to showcase, you know, how is everything affecting the enrollment funnel uh, and students moving through it. Okay. And just, I just want to clarify one more time, just to make sure that I understand and, and can kind of communicate that to the audience that the, the a tool like X equals a tech stack like this, it's not, it's kind of agnostic with your CRM. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Slate, if it's Salesforce, if it's Element 451, these are all, you know, kind of, it's agnostic. So it's not like a special, only this type of tool. Yeah, absolutely. And as the integrations person, I can tell you extremely agnostic, you know, running data in and out is, is just based on how quickly you want to get things up and running. (laughs) So as we speak about, marketing and enrollment, communicating better. We'd like to talk about, in your experience, as you go from campus to campus, how often do you find that there is a person from marketing that has a seat in enrollment? And is that more often, less often? And if you can describe the advantages you see versus the campuses that you go to that don't have that scenario. Sure, absolutely. So 
I was lucky enough to start my admission career in at Susquehanna University, and I felt like we had a designated person from the marketing department in, in Ambition who specifically designed and delivered all of our print and our email and our SMS and everything that would go out at top of funnel. And I thought, and with starry eyes, right, I thought that is something that every institution has the capability and the resources to allocate. And in my experience, kind of moving through different institutions, and that management is so different. And it is very rare to have a designated marketing person for enrollment. And I, I always like to think of that person as a bit of a translator, a translator of marketing information to enrollment and vice versa, so they can better communicate. And where X equals and where I, my work is now is sitting into that space and filling that role for institutions that don't have that shared part person or partner. Let, tell me a little bit, let's kind of unpack that a little bit more because I, I'm often thinking about, it's, it's not a, a lot of people don't have it. A lot of people do have it. Kind of unpack the benefits of having that, you know, I kind of talk about a tight integration of of marketing and admissions. And I often kind of, you know, do a hand gesture with my fingers interlaced because I think that's really the intimacy that marketing and enrollment need to have that on many campuses, you know, whether it's because marketing rolls up under advancement or because it's marketing is seen more as a, a creative shop on campus that that's just kind of, hey, take it to them and they'll make it look prettier by Monday. I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but I think the success, especially in today's environment with the demographic cliff coming and a lot of other things, it's going to be ultra critical that that marketing and admissions are aligned closer, marketing and enrollment. Help me understand where you have seen that really working well and what those benefits end up being, especially in your, your seat at, at X equals, but also tell me about what, what are some of the, the threats or the challenges when that isn't working? What are schools paying that they don't realize that they're paying? Sure. Absolutely. To not have it that way. Let's start with the benefits because we'd love to start with the the positive, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, big, I, I think going back to this idea of that person being the translator, I think it starts with understanding that marketing isn't just a creative shop. Yes, that's an aspect of it, but marketing is also data analytics. It's being able to um, purchase advertisements, understand how these platforms work, um, like Meta, like Instagram, TikTok even, and it's being able to translate that information into an enrollment strategy where it makes sense. Our enrollment strategies tend to be pretty holistic about travel and pretty holistic about campus visits and events. And it it's an extra silo of information that needs to be unlocked and integrated deeply into the enrollment strategy. So I do think first benefit is that that person's the translator, that individual or or that group of people who are sharing the, those sorts of responsibilities, they are being able to kind of translate and adapt that into the enrollment strategy. I think the other large key benefit is is on the other side of understanding how that strategy is then implemented and rolled out, right? Like having your nurture campaigns written by somebody who has a strong marketing background, but understands exactly what kinds of messages you need to be sharing to, as enrollment professionals. And I think also one of the key benefits too is, is being able to integrate with the staff people, your admission counselors who are going out on the road, they're hearing the the news about what 
these prospective students are interested in, what their influencers are interested in and sort of seeing and can actively approach that and, and use it and use that knowledge in a really effective way using marketing tools that are available to them. I love that because I love that you talk about that kind of translator, that in between, because when we do think about that, I mean, you, you've got people together sitting next to each other. It is that real time. Oh, you know, what did you tell them on the road? It's like, oh, you know, you can either coach them as from a marketing standpoint to say, you know what, instead of leading with that negative that, you know, hey, what a lot of people think we're expensive, but well, let me tell you about the scholarships. You lead with value, and you lead with affordability, and you lead with how great a deal this is. And and so it's it's little nuanced things like that that uh, you know. Let's face it, a lot of admissions professionals are, you know, this is their first job. This they might be highly trained and they might do an excellent job, but they're not going to have the life of experience that that maybe some marketing professionals might have, you know, five, 10, 15 years into their career. And so I think it's really even more reason to have a marketing voice in there. And I think that there's also that opportunity, like you said, that, hey, I was on the road. These are the questions that parents have been asking me. Let's make sure from a marketing standpoint, we're putting content out that's going to answer those questions. So love that. So now we've talked about the benefits. What about some of those challenges when it doesn't exist? Right. And those challenges, you know, I've seen very actively as a, as an enrollment professional and it's, it starts where it's a a monthly meeting with marketing to just talk about what creative pieces are on the website, the colors or what links are broken or, or those sorts of things. That's great maintenance. But what it falls into is marketing and enrollment tend to not speak the same language very much and very often. Things like marketing professionals are also taking care of usually the entire campus. So they're looking at their website, the front page, as this is a source for every alumna, every parent or or student or tangential person that is visiting this website, or even looking for news on the institution. Whereas of course, enrollment is really focused in on that prospective family and that prospective student. So the goals approach is a little bit different, right? Um, and and so that that I think is key. And I think sometimes with the, as you had mentioned previously, Bart, that as we're approaching uh, this encroaching enrollment cliff and these sorts of things that are, are, are about to happen, the attention to the details of Google Analytics and analytics from Instagram and, and those sorts of places that are usually traditionally held by marketing are going to be absolutely crucial for engagement for enrollment professionals um, and uh, that is something that I think could be a potential limitation kind of just right here at, at the start. What I also see as sort of potentially a, an, an issue when when these marketing and enrollment professionals are siloed um, is a, a tendency not to uh, uh, want to share particular uh, pieces of information or not realizing how prevalent or pertinent certain pieces of information are. A really strong example is in my previous institution, we had a, an interesting kind of battle about website ownership. Who owns the admission page? Who owns the apply page? Those sorts of things and the and the aesthetic differences. And from my research and in my my current role at X equals, um, is that when when those things are consistent, we lose out the value of trust with a lot of those who are visiting. So we tend to dig our own holes when we don't share and uh, across our, our silos. Yeah, I think that's great. Those are some really good points, and I do believe, and this is going to be a little bit of a bold statement, but 
I think that honestly, the, the, the survival of some schools that might be listening right now is going to be getting your house in order and having those conversations and being able to be more integrated as one team rather than a team of silos. Because I think that the challenge is going to be, you know, being able to react and to be able to be nimble, to be able to respond. And when you're in, when you're in silos and you're meeting once a month and what your agenda ends up being is, you know, Hey, are there any things on the website that need to be updated? That's not strategic. That's, that's an order taker. So really love what you've added there, Mike. I think that it's, it's going to be a, a really good, really good um, things for people to kind of take in and unpack. When you go onto a campus, especially with X equals and the data and information that you work with, can you give some examples or maybe solutions that you offer your customers so that they aren't as siloed and that exchange of information is taking place? Sure, absolutely. You know, when I start working with a with a client in particular and, and with X equals, we really try to start to understand, you know, how do you communicate between marketing and enrollment uh, first? You know, what is there a regular meeting? Is there a regular communication? Is it is it only director level? Is it only vice president level? Is everybody involved in this conversation? And what that does is it helps inform exactly how our tech stack is going to sit on top of the CRM technology. And what it also does is it allows us to kind of get a landscape in order to offer some of the solutions that we offer. One of the big pieces of X equals that I think is a huge differentiator is not only do we offer this technology, but also the expertise. Um, we guide all of our uh, clients through how to use our technology, but also how to leverage their own CRM and their own data. A really strong example is that recently I've been working with an institution to develop some lead scoring that goes all the way through the funnel. Sometimes with, with some of our, our marketing partners, we tend to only stick at top of funnel, right? It's inquiry lead scoring so we can prioritize, okay, who should we give a call to in the very early stages. But then lead scoring all the way throughout, what we've seen and done research with some uh, New York-based institutions who get an influx of applications that are, are wildly compared to, are wild compared to what I've experienced is that it's actually that sort of lead scoring and that sort of outreach has been really beneficial for preventing summer melt, especially melt amongst also like adult learning programs, which tend to happen very frequently. So it goes across generation of type of student. And in that conversation about uh, lead scoring and talking all the way through, um, we talk about implementing their own CRM technology in order to add point values as we go across the funnel. But not only that, it's engaging with, with marketing to talk about uh, how Google Analytics plays a, a key piece and, and understanding um, how those fall into, as well as social media engagement. So we're also engaging marketing as well as enrollment in the same kind of strategy moving forward. And that's, that's the key, is get everybody on one project and realize, oh, wow, this is a really cool thing that we can do. It's going to show some return on investment and it kind of begins breaking down that silo. And we tend to fill in that translator role. That's my, that's my biggest thing. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Cause I mean, sometimes people hear lead scoring, they hear predictive modeling. There's a lot of different buzzwords going around. 
So help me understand exactly what you're talking about when you say lead scoring. Sure, absolutely. I think we 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 talk about lead scoring in kind of two different ways. One is almost heat scoring, right? And heat scoring is basically how hot or how cold is this potential lead? And that can be over 30 points and they're a hot lead, you should call them immediately. Um, but then there is lead scoring, which not only has a... a positive value, but also as negative values. And those negative values could be things like going to registering for a campus event and then not showing up or, and those sorts of things that uh, can tend to kind of move folks around for helping the enrollment counselors kind of prioritize their outreach, but also prioritize who needs the most help, especially towards the end of the funnel. So if they haven't opened an email in three weeks, they might get a negative five. If they've went to the apply now page as an inquiry, they get a plus 20, um, things like that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I think that it could be used in conjunction with predictive modeling because I know there's a lot of places out there that are doing predictive modeling, which is taking your data and then running it through sociological, demographic, economical uh, databases to then be able to score based on you know this zip code with this income level at this you know, first generation student has this predictive model of this is how often they might be coming to your school. I think both of those together are important. And it's I think it's good for people to understand that they are different. And so just because you're like, oh, I don't need that because we already I've already heard him talking about predictive modeling. That's a little bit higher up, but we have to pay attention to how they're actually engaging, which is what this lead scoring does. And so I think they're two different models, which I think are extremely important. Talk a little bit about how, you know, sometimes when you're looking at this as, uh, you know, with, we have a lot of different schools listening. We've got public schools, we've got the private schools. You've identified that you've had some experience just in your career at both of those types of schools. But talk a little bit about the fact that enrollment is such a revenue source for some of the private schools. I mean, that's one of my big concerns that keeps me up at night sometimes for my clients is, you know, when you've got 95% of your enrollment coming in, that's your budget's based on, you've really got to be able to do this right. And so this whole idea of this strategic alignment between admissions and, and marketing or enrollment and marketing, as well as leveraging as many tools as that you can to make the right kind of decisions. Kind of talk through that a little bit, because you've got probably some pretty strong opinions on that from your experience. Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, my experience has been really on the private side, working um, very niche population of institutions, actually. It's a private Catholic women's focus institutions, which I absolutely love. Very, very supportive of the mission. I think it's great, but that's a niche population, right? And with that, you know, the, those enrollment struggles and, and that revenue stream in particular it was always something that was a, a point of contention at, at every meeting in, in the fact that the institution we broke even because we we recruited like crazy and had 20 plus students. And that's those are the numbers that we're talking about. One enrollment can be a, a make or break for a, an annual fiscal budget. So it's huge, right? And my strong opinions, I think, really fall into the category of using all the tools at your disposal. And as you had kind of mentioned, Bart, and that starts, I think, with understanding that that your marketing and enrollment team need to connect in, in a way that is strategic and that is really focused in understanding your data, but I think also building in opportunities to pivot 
And those opportunities to pivot the way they look is, all right, these email nurture emails, they're not working so well. How do we switch this? Where in leveraging, you know, and taking a look at, great, we've seen a huge open rate for this email. Let's style it after all the rest of our, our types of emails. And smaller institutions have the ability, uh, which is really nice to pivot very quickly. And those institutions that are really revenue driven on uh, just one enrollment or two enrollments uh, it, more than what was previously last year. And it also brings up, you know, my probably my strongest opinion. I really, as a former staff member, you know, staff in particular, the admission and enrollment counselors and the director level in enrollment in particular are, are such a wealth of knowledge, but they're also the people that wear so many hats. And uh, those so many hats give so many skills and so many different things. You know, I never thought that I would be in a place where data science is my background. I was a creative writing major. So... And that all comes from my work in admission. Um, and I think giving and, and allowing for it, it, and if there are, are VPs here, I hope you're okay with me saying this, that uh, it's an opportunity for your young professionals that are coming into admission council roles to start to tackle some of these big existential problems with your revenue streams through cross-training and, and giving them opportunities to understand their data and the silos and communicating and liaising between marketing. Those are some really cool uh, and new sort of ways that we can start to see that emerging market come forward. That's great. Those are some really good ideas and really good opinions because I, I share them with you. It's so critical on this time in this age. Michael, I, it hurts me that we have to bring our conversation to a close, but if we can ask you if there's either anything additional or maybe a quick piece of advice that you could offer that someone listening under what we've been talking about, a piece of advice that they could implement right away to have impact for the next week or two. Absolutely. That's my favorite thing ever. I try to, anytime that I do a conversation, a talk, a presentation, biggest thing that I want everyone to take away is one thing that they can do immediately. And for those who are listening to this call, we talked a lot about a lot of big existential things and and problems that won't be solved overnight. And that's a-okay because we start with one step. So I think uh, for those of you who are currently in maybe some strategic meetings and planning for this next cycle, um, especially for traditional undergraduate kind of in this summertime, um, what I would encourage you to do is take an opportunity to book out a meeting with uh, your marketing department. It can be next week. It doesn't have to be everybody involved. Maybe it's th that person who does manage your, your slate nurture emails and talk through exactly sort of what your strategy is around that. It's an opportunity to review those, review the, the assets you have, and start to take away maybe a little bit of, of a shared language. That is going to be key. Almost build a glossary for yourself of what your marketing professionals share and, and say kind of throughout. And that's a good way to start. Another thing that I, I would suggest too is at X equals we're, we're really big on, and this has been our buzzword for the year, is accessibility. So taking a look at accessibility for your web pages, but in particular your, your landing pages where you're gearing things towards uh, uh, students to do a particular thing. Maybe it's fill out an RFI form, maybe it's, it's some other step, but in that take a look and make sure that you have really prominent headings, alternative text on your images 
solutions for those who do have some differences, as well as maybe think about uh, taking a look at, at those pages and updating them for those who might be uh, a neurodivergent, who might get distracted easily. Take a look at those things. Those are easy, quick wins. And for a lot of our CRM technologies, those sorts of things can be A-B tested really easily too. Wonderful. Michael, thank you so much for helping Bart and I dive into this subject. And for people who would like to connect with you and maybe further this subject and conversation with you, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you and connect with you, B? Yeah, absolutely. I would say you're always welcome to email me, michael.doran at x equals enroll.com. You can also find any of our, our particular RFI forms on our website at x equals enroll.com. And feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I think that LinkedIn is a great resource for all higher education professionals. So I'm always there. I'm always touting and reposting. So you'll see me, I'm sure, around. <laughs> Michael, thank you very much, and I'm very much looking forward to continuing my conversations with you. Bart, do you have any final thoughts you would like to share before we close the episode? Yeah, I just think that there's so much good information in here, and I think the things that bubble up for me is just this, this alignment between marketing and enrollment. Um, I know we talked a lot about you know technology, we talked about some data science, we talked about some some, some incredible tech stack things that, that uh, X equals can, can provide. And I, I don't want to lose sight of that, but I think that that's only going to be successful if you already have, or you're working toward a really tight alignment between marketing and enrollment. That's one of the challenges I see in a lot of schools that you continue to invest in tools. You continue to invest in processes and ad agents in, in agencies and digital budgets and everything. Budgets keep going up, but if, marketing and enrollment are not talking, it's going to be lost. And so I think that, you know, before you kind of chase the next shiny object to say, oh, that's the silver bullet that's going to help us with our enrollment. The number one thing that could help you with your enrollment is getting on the same page and being really shoulder to shoulder with marketing to really marketing and enrollment to really be able to uh, to work toward the same goals. So it, it was a great conversation, Mike. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Bart. Yes. Thank you both, Bart. What a great way to end our episode. I want to send a special shout out and thank you to our producer, Rob Conlon at Westport Studios. And to remind everyone that the Higher Ed Marketer podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, accurately and precisely connecting universities directly to the devices of their prospects inquiries, and alumni on their most valued mailing lists. On behalf of Bart Kaler, my co-host, and our guest, Michael Doran, I'm Troy Singer. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time. Oh, <laughs>